Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast is provided by Subtruck Law. Revolution Recap thanks Subtruck Law for their support of our show, local independent media, and their mission of bringing unbiased truth. Revolution Recap would also like to thank Six Point Builders for their support. Six Point Builders are builders of fine, custom homes in the Boston metropolitan area. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Revolution Recap. We have a bonus interview for you for your end of the week. Seth Maycomber spoke to Sebastian Latou. Listen to him this weekend called the Revolution TFC Game in French on Apple TV. And regardless of your language preference, the game is free for everyone. You don't need an Apple TV subscription to watch the Revs face TFC this weekend. Before we get to the interview, we want to let you know that this episode is presented to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more, including Major League Soccer. Of course, the revolution coming into this weekend is big favorites against TFC, so make sure you get in on the action there. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action remember to use our promo code believe b-l-e-a-v for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit that's promo code believe b-l-e-a-v for a 50 percent bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts also be sure to check out galassokits.com and always remember to use promo code revs recap to save 15 percent off your order everything in the store 15 percent off when you use promo code revs recap and with all that being said here is seth's interview with sebastian latou all right seth makeover from the blazing musket with another interview this week talking to apple personality sebastian latou sebastian how are you today i'm doing good thank you sorry i'm uh, driving right now so i hope you can hear me very well no, it sounds great. Uh, big game this weekend against Toronto FC, the New England Revolution, playing at home, ending a three-game homestand. But I want to start to your playing career because you're someone who the New England Revolution fans know quite well. You're someone that scored a lot of goals against the New England Revolution. I got to ask you, is there something that you really enjoyed when it came to playing against the Revolution? <laughs> no, not really. I feel like uh, it's kind of, I don't know, we always have a one team. We always do... Uh, better you know when we play uh, every player every forward you know to score more goals and I guess uh, mine was a uh, was a revolution and uh, yeah I don't know why I was always able to uh, to score uh, in your stadium or even at home or we play in Philadelphia especially because we play the rev a lot uh, so just luck I guess you know not really something uh, special or an extra motivation for me it was just uh, the hazard who, who making me score lots of goals. All right, I got to bring you back to a game. I'm not sure if you're going to remember it. I definitely remember it. September 8th, 2011, the uh, the Revs scored three unanswered goals, uh, Soros, Lekic, and Zerka in 25 minutes. Then Roger Torres scores. Then Failhaber scores. The Revolution are winning 4-1 at halftime. Yes, and it was in Philly, right? Yes, Freddie Adu scores. Then you score a brace. I got to ask you, is that one of the most absurd games you've ever been part of? 4-4, four, four, the final scoreline there. Uh, yes, it was uh, kind of crazy to uh, to be able to come by because it was uh, yeah two different alpha. I remember it was one. We got 
crushed completely by uh, the revolution. We didn't know uh, how to play them. Everything was going the wrong way. And then after we scored the, the second goal, it kind of like changed the momentum. And I don't know, we just, yeah, kind of surf on a, on a good wave of uh, scoring more goals. And yeah, 4-4, I think, was uh, the most, uh, I would say, goals have been a part at home. Uh, it was crazy. And uh, I was lucky to get to score uh, one of uh, of those goals. You mentioned that you've played against the Revolution a lot. I talked to Kalen Carr a few weeks ago, and he mentioned that the Revolution player that he most disliked to play against was Jay Heaps because Jay Heaps was relentless. Jay Heaps never gave up. Like, you think you have him beat, but he'd come back and hit you with a hard tackle. So as someone who played against the Revolution quite a bit, who is a Revolution player that you disliked playing against a lot? Uh, he was a uh, feral. I, I didn't like to play against him because he was always so fast and even if you know i was beating the center backs he was always coming back and covering you know within his right side and he was very annoying because it was so hard to beat him in 1v1 so i always try to play not in his zone but on the other side to uh to try to score the goals very interesting i'm wondering like you know andrew farrell is one of like the nicest guys in soccer in general so what's it like to you know to see him as a person and be like oh what, what a nice guy but on the field he's such a harsh competitor he's always uh putting in those tackles oh yeah for sure i mean uh like i say you know when he, he came in the league as a rookie he did a right away a big impact you know for the rev and he was uh you know playing uh, very hard and like i say it was a very very tough to uh to beat him on uh, in 1v1 yeah with uh, especially the, the speed he had and how smart he was covering the ground i think he uh he had a, an unbelievable career uh, with the Rave, you know, playing uh, his entire career to one team. It's uh, it's hard to do, and he, he did it very well. So it's yeah, somebody I uh, I really uh, didn't like to play against, I have to say. <laughs> so when he was always uh, not uh, starting or uh, a bit injured, I was kind of happy to not see him in a starting eleven. So the Revolution and the Union play each other quite a bit, especially during that COVID year. It leads to this question every single year. Is the New England Revolution Union, is that a rivalry within MLS or do they have different rivals out there? I feel like, you know, it's been in all those years. Uh, I feel like it can probably become more a rival now just because of how the Revolution have been playing since a couple of years, you know, winning the Supporter Shield a couple of years ago. Then it was the Union. So there's kind of like a, a rivalry now more about kind of being one of the best team on the East. Uh, conference. I feel like the rivalry between the Union and the Red Bulls is more because it's very close by and not many people like uh, New York in Philadelphia, but Boston, I feel like it's uh, it's just about who is the best team on the field and Philly and the, and the Revolution have been you know up there now since a couple of years. I do want to bring us to modern day soon, but I do have to ask you, you play with Freddie Adu and Freddie Adu is a big name in uh, U.S. soccer folklore. Uh, the Grant Wall, the, the late great Grant Wall, did a really great podcast profiling Freddie Adu. And there are stories about him being a, a player, him being a great person, the things that he went through. So what was it like to play with Freddie Adu with the Philadelphia Union? I mean, I didn't play a lot with him because uh, he came like mid-season and then I got traded to Vancouver. So I just were able to play with him for a couple of months. Uh, but uh, yeah, he was kind of like... A, Great to know him a little bit, uh, seeing kind of like where he came from, you know, how early uh, he uh, 
went pro, especially in America, and the big impact he got in a lot of uh, different, let's say, youth life in soccer. You know, it's uh, I was uh, still living in France when uh, his name was announced as a future, you know, next Pelé. I remember he was like 15 years old or 14 years old. So it's uh, it's not easy. And uh, I can't even imagine like all the stuff happened in his life. And it was pretty, pretty much crazy to to him and to handle that and being then in Europe and playing in all those teams, you know, every year, I think he was always kind of being loaned or transferred to somebody else. So uh, it was kind of like nice to be able to to play with him. He still have, you know, a lot of great technique, but you can see that uh, it was a, a lot, you know, to him. He, he has a, a long career and uh, you can see he was a bit tired about all the moves he had to do during, uh, during his life. So we talked about um, the Revs historically. Let's bring it a little bit more to current day. It feels like with Bruce Arena coming in, a little bit with Brad Friedel before that, because Brad Friedel helped bring in, um, you know, some players like Carlos Hill, also with the training center being built. We have Bruce Arena that really marched things forward. It feels like this is a new New England Revolution team, that the organization looks a little bit different. Do you feel the New England Revolution that we look at today is different from the New England Revolution that existed when you were playing? Yeah, I think so. I think you had like a kind of... Um a post uh, New England revolution after, you know, you went to all those finals in uh, 2000, uh, you know, six, seven, eight, you know, you were always, uh, you and Houston, you know, it was kind of like the, the two best team for a couple of years in this league. And then, and kind of the New England revolution have went a bit down, like in level of playing, but you still had the same mentality. But I feel like with, uh, now I, I just uh, saw you, the new training facilities and everything, there's a, uh, much more, you know, like quality and um, I would say like good work happening now in uh, in New England. So you can see now on the field, you can see the player uh, you are bringing to, like with, let's say, just talk about, you know, Carlos Hill, who is uh, for me one of the best players in uh, in this league. Um, it's kind of like great to, to see the way, I guess, uh, you are playing now the type of soccer. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, I think, a little like roller coaster from all the great years. You know, you were on top for uh, so many times and then went down a little bit. And I think now since a couple of years, you are kind of back to be uh, one of the best uh, in the league. You mentioned the name right there, Carlos Hill, former league MVP, uh, someone who's always contending for that title. Uh, if you were playing now, what one revolution player would you like to play with it? Is it Carlos Hill or is there someone else that you really wish that you had the opportunity to play alongside? Yeah, no, I would say Carlos Hill just because you know, I'm a, I'm a forward and I always need a, a guy who has a vision, you knows the pass and Hill has it. You know, he's, uh, he's unbelievable from uh, everywhere on the field. He's always looking to, to find the, the right pass to his forward. He could be, you know, from a, uh, 40 yards or 10 yards, he always kind of tries to combine. And it's, uh, I can see now, you know, just commenting the game, um, the way he plays, the way he tries to always be on the ball. And uh, for me as a forward, it's always fun because I will always uh, be looking to wait for him to get on the ball and, you know, make my runs to uh, to get fun because he has such a great uh, passing quality that uh, it's going to be a, a good fun for me to, to be as a forward and get some good balls. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about this New England Revolution side this year. It's an interesting season for them because they came out so hot. They were leading the league in points. 
And then on the sudden, they got devastated by injuries. Uh, Dylan Barrero is out for the season. Henry Kessler out long term. And then we see these little injuries get popped up here and there, as well as Dewan Jones going off on international duty. When you look at this New England Revolution side, do you believe they have the pieces currently to compete to be an MLS Cup contender? Uh, I think they can be uh, for sure yeah, one of them. Uh, and like you say, I think a lot of teams in the league are uh, dealing with injuries. You know, you are not the only team who uh, has, you know, some roster issue when you have one or two big injuries. Um, I, I think like the, the quality is there and you saw it during the beginning of the, the season where uh, the team were, were on top. Then, you know, now there's the Gold Cup coming, uh, you know, little international breaks. Plus then you will be like the League's Cup kind of coming into the mix. So all of those games, I think uh, the deep roster will be very important for every team. And, and it's going to be, I think, uh, a big thing for each coach to be able to uh, rotate and make sure uh, he plays every time the best starting event. So if you have always, you know, 14, 15 guys, 16, maybe you can count on and you're okay to start and get results. I think the team who have the healthiest guy could be, you know, going far uh, into the regular season. So for me, yes, I think New England could be one of those teams. And you always know it's always a tough to play at your stadium because it's a different surface and uh, it's kind of like takes time to to feel the, the rhythm of the game. And it's uh, it could be like a, a big thing for, uh, for the New England Revolution to be really like undefeated at home, like what is Cincinnati doing this year, which is uh, pretty incredible. You mentioned that it's tough to play at Gillette Stadium for teams to come in there. You play there, obviously. What makes it tough? Is it about the atmosphere? Is it about the turf? Uh, what is the thing that, as a player, makes it tough to come into New England? It's it just uh, like a big thing. It, the turf is uh, is not, like I would say, probably the worst in the league compared to all the other turf uh, field, like in Portland or Seattle or even in uh, in Charlotte. It's uh, it's very like a different type of turf, so that's why there's a lot of complaints, or you don't see a lot of maybe superstar, you know, in the past playing at your stadium because they know that it could be a risk more of injury. Um, so it's uh, that's why like not a lot of team like to come first to play there, and then since it's a it's a tough environment too, and the team uh, always play very hard and physical. It's always and. Uh, not a lot of teams love to play there. So when you got a good result in, uh, in New England, you are pretty happy. You mentioned that the, the Revolution could be an MLS Cup contender. One thing that could put them over the line is the summer transfer window. We saw that the Revolution made a move recently, buying out Josie Altidore, opening up some resources there, as well as Dylan Barrero being put on the season-ending uh, list. So that allows them to use a U22 initiative uh, slot. Uh, Tom Bogert from The Athletic recently reported that the Revs are looking to bring in at least two players during the summer transfer window. If you are Bruce Arena, if you are the New England Revolution, what positions do you think you bring in to help bolster this team? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, since, you know, you have, I feel, some injury right now with a back line, I will maybe try to get uh, another center back, you know, to help your defense because... Uh, I think with Kessler being out, uh, you have Farrell who kind of like slide into the centre-back position, which he did a good job. But uh, I think maybe one more guy could help, you know, him and Romney to get uh, some rest and be, you know, 
ready to play for uh, for all the games. Um, and then maybe um, like another midfielder who can be like a guy who can play as wide or you know as a center mid as well, depending on what type of formation uh, Bruce uh, decide to play. Because you can always play, uh, you know, with a a four four two or four three three. Uh, it's always I would think a lot uh, depending on where uh, Carlos Hill is playing because he, he dictates a lot about the way I think this team is playing. I think one team we uh, think we look at a team is that there are oftentimes underrated players on it, right? Guys that just come in and do their job week in and week out. In the last couple of weeks, I was trying to emphasize that, be like, hey, these guys are are good for the revolution. Maybe their their stats don't like pop out like a Carlos heel, or maybe they're not grabbing the the highlight reel in terms of uh, you know Gustavo Bow or something like that. But for me, Dave Romney is a player for the revolution who every single week is just doing a great job. Left-footed center back. He's played every single minute this year. So even as the back line is shuffling, you can count on Dave Romney. When you look at this Revolution team, is there a player that you look at and say, this is an underrated player. This is a player who just does their job every single week and he's so essential to the way the Revolution play? Yeah, I think, you know, you, like this year, you, you have a few. I, I agree with you with, uh, with Romney. I think he uh, he really brings some stability into your, your center defense. He's not let's say the the splashy center back but he do everything you know right his position is good um he really helped like the defense not giving up a lot of goal and i think with his experience he he can really help you know your two young fullback who uh, are very good too you know offensively but defensively can maybe do a little bit of better job so he's here to kind of help them and uh and i think you know like your your center midfield with uh, with Polster, who is doing a great job i think this year like playing a holding midfielder kind of getting a lot of ground, getting those balls to then be able to just give a, a nice easy pass for Hill who then can make the play for for your team. I think he's, a, he's somebody that you don't maybe see all the ground he's covering and everything he's doing, but it's a, it's very important, uh, I think, for for Bruce Arena and for your team because you need a guy who, who is here to kind of like get the dirty work and he's one of them. And I will think maybe the the young player Buck, who is coming this year, I think, uh, had been pretty impressive. And uh, to be playing with this type of uh, maturity at his young age, I think, was a uh, was very uh, very good for uh, for the team. And that's why you have a, a good, strong holding midfielder. You mentioned Noel Bach. I talked to him last week in the locker room. He recently went to prom. He recently graduated. I mean, this is a talented individual who's also experiencing life as a teenager. Uh, I'm curious, like during your playing career, did you ever experience anything like that where you have these uh, big life moments? And it might have been stuff from later on in your life that's also coinciding with um, your playing career. Uh, like you mean like uh, like a prom, <laughs> like when I was when I was young? Yeah, maybe like when you were younger and you're playing, you had, you know, prom, but also a big game or maybe later in life, you know, a wedding that was going on or or just maybe like a. We sometimes forget that these athletes also have personal lives, you know, and they go home to their wife and kids. Um, so for me, it was really fascinating to think about how he went to prom and danced to Taylor Swift and had graduation and then, you know, had to go play at Gillette Stadium with, you know, 30,000 people in the stands. Like it's like a duality of life. So I'm curious, did you, did you ever how did you kind of balance your personal life uh, with your professional life? And then did you ever have any big events like that that, you know, coincided at all? <laughs> Uh, I mean, not something I remember. I remember that I did a lot of uh, sacrifice, you know, to not go to a lot of, you know, party. And I live in France, which is a bit different, you know, life, I would say lifestyle when you are young. Uh, 
about you know the drinking age and stuff like that so i was always trying to be serious going out but always kind of like give myself a curfew to go home not staying too late um not drinking but yeah i definitely had to miss a lot of yeah, I would say more in the summertime, like the summer party and everything with uh, with all my friends uh, who are like going to the show and stuff like that. I was like, okay, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just going to stay home, you know, walk out, get ready for the preseason. So I want to be ready and uh, and play, you know, in the summer and play with my team. So, yeah, it was, uh, I would say, more sacrifice, but it's not really like one, especially I uh, I was like, ah, oh, I was not able to go because I had a game or uh, or I missed something. Sure. So this weekend's game, a big one against Toronto FC. Uh, Noel Buck at midweek said that it was a must-win game, talking about it's against an uh, Eastern Conference foe, talking about how it's uh, at home, end of a home um, stand that the Revolution have. Uh, I'm curious about that term, must-win. So it's a cliche that we often hear in sports, but we know that in MLS there's a lot of teams that make the playoffs so what do you think? Like, is this game a must-win? Do must-wins truly exist this early in the season in Major League Soccer? Um, I don't think it's a it's a must-win. I just think that it's a it's a it's a game that they should win. Um, so it's a bit different. It's just because uh, the way that the Revolution is playing right now, I think it's pretty good. They came back to the way they were playing. I think at the beginning of the year. Uh, they got more confidence. They got a, a full week of uh, of training without a game on Wednesday, which is Toronto play yesterday and got killed uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, the confidence and the team in Toronto is really, really low right now. You don't really see uh, the way they can get out of where they are in the funk right now. To to be honest with you, it was uh, kind of tough to, to watch yesterday. So... As a player of the revolution, they have to win this game. I don't think it's a must, but it would be very surprising if they don't win, uh, I think, for a lot of uh, of people watching them, just because of where Toronto is right now. Um, maybe Toronto is going to switch something and it might be a, a wake-up call for, for them this game. But he, I think all the cards are in the end of the revolution. And if they play the same way they play, they should win this game, but if they attack the game, like thinking it's going to be kind of an easy game because Toronto is not as good right now and struggling, it might be an ugly game and maybe Toronto is going to win, you know, a 1-0 or something like that because the Revolution are not taking them seriously. But if they take them seriously and they are, I think, uh, doing the game plans and uh, Bruce Arena has them to do on paper and right now in a let's say, power ranking, as we call it in the, in the league, the revolution should uh, should win this game. Sebastian, I appreciate the time. I do have to ask you one more question about Gareth Bale. I uh, recently have a pretty interesting quote. You are a player. You're now a commentator. You experience Major League Soccer in multiple different ways. Uh, Gareth Bale, who played with LAFC last year, winning a trophy, uh, came out and said, it's a lot more chilled in ML- uh, Major League Soccer. If you lose at Real Madrid, it's like the world has ended. You are crucified. You feel down. You go home and you're not happy. They accept losing a bit more. There's no consequences. You can't get relegated over there. When you lose a game, you go on to the next one. They accept losing a lot better over there. They know to. Uh, they know how to lose, but they celebrate every win like they have won a championship. We. Uh, he will definitely enjoy it. He's talking about Messi in that last part. Uh, so for you as a former player and a current commentator, how do you respond to that quote from Bale? 
I mean, uh, there's, you know, a lot of truth in what he's saying just because of where I come from. You know, he played all his career in Europe. Uh, he never came to America. He never, you know, played here before or understood, I guess, the American mentality about sports and how every uh, league has been built. And it was the same for me when uh, when I came here. Um, I, especially like, you know, when I came to Philadelphia as a first year as an expansion uh, team, we were really, really bad. And, you know, we didn't make the playoff because we were like very low in the standing. And he was kind of like, okay, you definitely don't feel as much uh, uh, pressure sometimes at the beginning, especially when you're a new team. Um, it's kind of nice to not be relegated. So uh, in Europe, you know, in every division, you need to win because it's such a huge thing to come down the division. Uh, so you play for something all the time. I feel like when I came here at the beginning and you don't play for uh, something, even if you're in the bottom, it's kind of like, okay, you're already kind of like thinking about the next year and where the team is going. Um, so for him too, like he has been playing for the, the best team in Europe and he compared to Real Madrid, which Real Madrid, no matter what, it's, they want to be number one every game. So if they lose and, you know, they have a, fans all over the world they know that they're going to get killed you know on social media or whatever even if they miss a pass and even if they win the game so it's definitely a different type of uh, of pressure over there so it's i agree with him a bit more chill for a, a guy who have been his entire career trying to be the number one in any division and every country i play for and when you come here and you know that oh if we lose it's not too bad because we cannot be relegated it definitely put a bit less pressure. So uh, I understand where he come from and why he says that, but it's uh, you, I think you just need to know more about this country and how sport has been built to understand the way um, you play like a, a sport in America. I feel like one part of the, the quote um, that's got a lot of attention is they accept losing a lot better over there. And I talked to AJ De La Garza um, after he retired and he talked about how when when he lost, he wasn't pleasant to be around. That like his wife kind of knew to like stay clear a little bit. And he's like, not in a mean way or anything, but like I knew I did a, a bad job or I knew there was things I needed to work on. Um, and I feel like there are some people that have kind of looked at that part of the quote and said that major league soccer players accept losing. Um, and would you agree with that or, or would you agree more on AJ De La Garza saying that like, no, like we we want to win every single game. Um, maybe the pressure is a little bit different from Europe, but we we don't accept losing. In major league soccer no it's uh i, I agree with uh, with aj i think it's uh i you know if you play a sport and i will think really like probably 98 percent of the players are a bad loser like if you ask me to play any game i want to win you know it's it's who i am and it's uh how pretty much everybody who have a career in a professional sport are a winner you don't like losing if somebody like losing he doesn't become a professional soccer player or professional athlete. Uh, it's kind of like a, a mantra like you have. So, yeah, I remember, you know, when I played Philadelphia the first year, we had a very tough year. We were losing like game left and right. We played, you know, the first 10 games away. It was very difficult. And I think we just won one. Uh, like it was like cricket every time in the local room. Like we were devastated. Like all of us like, like hated it. It was just kind of like, hey, what the what the hell is going on, you know, like we cannot like go and even like say hi to, uh, you know, the, the person who give, give us the mail who knew like we play for the team because everything's like, oh, 
Okay, so I guess you're a loser. Like you, you don't like that. You don't want to be a, a loser. So it's uh, I, I agree with AJ that uh, yeah, it's not fun to be around. Like always, you know, we you just stay at the hotel. Like every time when you lose, like you don't go out or do anything. When you win, maybe yeah, you go have a beer. You know, in the past when uh, we stay at the hotel when you play in a far city, but other than that, like you you stay in a room and you just think about you know the next game to to win because. It's a, it's a terrible feeling, like especially when you you play for uh, for winning a game or you play for something because you have you know you have like always people watching you, like you have your your family, you have your friends, you know a lot of fans. You 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 hate you know people uh, put people down who always want to see you you know perform and represent the badge of uh, of your city and uh, or your country. So it's uh, it's really tough for anybody to lose. Especially when, even if you still have nothing to play for, you are still motivated to, you know, finish well and uh, and score the goals and win for uh, for your fans. I gotta say, I really appreciate that answer because I feel like this year, more than any other year, we've seen a lot of fans uh, confronting players, and we saw that with NYCFC, and we saw that with the the LA Galaxy. And I totally believe that uh, fans should have the right to kind of voice their opinion and stuff like that. But I, I remember the NYCFC clip and the the fans like literally saying like, you guys don't look like you're, you're caring at all. Like you look like you're kind of phoning it in. And I think it was James Sand that was kind of firing back. Like I, I care every single day that I come out here. Like, yes, we lost, but like, I, I do not put it on us not caring about winning. And I think that that's one thing that we forget that um, that you players like you guys are people as well. You're holding to a, yourselves to a high standard. And yeah, sometimes you have these bad days. But like once you leave that stadium, you have, you know, families to go to. You have to think about like what your next contract going to be. So I think it's really difficult for for me to see some of those moments because I 100 percent agree that fans should have a right to to boo or to 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 um, be to say their opinions towards certain players or to the team as a whole. But I don't think it's right to call out players and say you don't care about this team. Yeah, I mean, I have to say it could happen that maybe, you know, you, you can have maybe one player sometime who doesn't care because he knows that, okay, next year I'm going to go to a different team or because, you know, I already, you know, did well, so now I don't care. It could happen, you know, there's always some, you know, player who has egos and, you know, they they think first about themselves and think about the team. But like you say, I think, any player who lose care because it impact you know first them personally impact you know their family impact like everybody who who support them and at the same time it's uh, if and like I say everybody who play in a team are in the professional athlete want to go to the next level they want to have the best careers they want to win title you don't just play to play otherwise you just play in a Sunday league in the morning uh, if you just want to play if you want to win title and and leave stuff and, you know, feel the energy from the fan. And it's all the time it happened to me when I was uh, lucky enough to start a game and be in a full stadium in front of like away fan or home fan is the same thing. It's just like a blessing and you always, you know, are happy to be. But if you are not good and your team lose, it impacts you because then who wants you in your team? Because they're like, ah, oh, sorry, but you were, you were playing for a terrible team and you didn't play well as well. So you always try to get better because you know that you need to keep playing hard to get, you know, like you said, the next contract, the next team, if you don't send the same one to get on a, on a winning streak and have a, have a better career and uh, every player is the same way. 
Sebastian, thank you so much for taking the time. We went a little bit longer because your your answers are so thoughtful, especially at the end there. Uh, this weekend's game, you are covering the New England Revolution against Toronto FC. It is free on Apple. So if you have not checked out this service, check it out uh, on the Apple app, uh, MLS Live. There's so many great things. I was watching last night, uh, MLS 360. Uh, Sebastian, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you very much. And if you yeah, if you want to listen to me in uh, Apple TV, I will be in a French speaking. So uh, since I'm from there, <laughs> hopefully uh, maybe you understood better my French and my English in this interview. <laughs> absolutely. And there's lots of great um, language options to, to toggle through. And absolutely, the French one is being a, a great resource for fans that uh, are in Canada, especially. So thank you again. Yeah, thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks again to Sebastian for joining the show. Thanks again to our sponsor, Bet Online. This episode was presented to you by Bet Online. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, B L E A V, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Some places take you away, some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.